KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Wednesday, January 18th. A new tactic to increase Navy recruitment. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. About 113,000 SDG&E customers with lingering debt on their utility bill are getting some relief from the state legislature. More than 50 million in customer debt from 2020 and 2021 will be forgiven. It is the second round of state debt relief linked to the COVID pandemic. SDG&E's Anthony Wagner says customers will see bill credits starting this week. If you had debt uh, in the qualified period of time set by the legislature, uh, that debt will be uh, lowered, uh, if not eradicated. The relief comes as the utility's natural gas customers deal with unprecedented increases in their gas bill. A San Diego federal judge dismissed a lawsuit over a state law that allows gun owners' personal information to be shared with researchers studying gun violence. The suit was filed last year by five gun owners who alleged the law prevents potential gun and ammunition buyers from exercising their Second Amendment rights. In last week's ruling, the judge wrote that the state already collects information on gun buyers and the limited disclosure of private information for research doesn't expose plaintiffs to any new risks. San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria will be speaking at the U.S. Conference of Mayors 91st Winter Meeting in Washington today. The conference is a nonpartisan meeting of cities with a population of more than 30,000 people. Gloria will be speaking about hate and extremism in cities and the federal strategic plan to reduce homelessness. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. The U.S. military is struggling to meet its recruiting goals. The service branches are offering record-high enlistment bonuses and loosening rules for things like tattoos and past marijuana use. Now with fewer young adults signing up, the Navy has decided to give older people a chance. Jay Price reports for the American Homefront Project. Swami's Beach one of the best surfing spots in Southern California and a kind of paradise, a gentle crescent of sand and clear water below palm-topped cliffs, maybe not what you'd expect a 41-year-old surfing school owner to give up to join the Navy. 
Matthew Allen calls at his office, and on a recent spring-like morning, he was there coaching 11-year-old Ray Goodson. What I want to focus on today is easing into the session, finding your rhythm, not rushing it, right? Allen has lived a laid-back dream in Maui and Southern California, surfing big waves, fronting a bar band. I've been fortunate enough to make this a life for 20 years. Lately, though, he's begun feeling like he owes a big debt to the nation that made it all possible. I'm always trying to balance how good this is with can I give something back to deserve this? And suddenly he can, thanks to a Navy policy change. When Allen walked into a recruiter's office last summer, he was already two years past the age limit of 39. But a few months later, after he lobbied every Navy official he could email or get on the phone, his recruiter called and said the Navy had raised its age limit to 41. That's the oldest of any service. The Marines, for example, have a ceiling of 28 unless you get a special waiver, and the Army, 35. But the Navy's national chief recruiter says its data shows older recruits can do well. We don't have a high attrition rate on somebody that's 38 or 39 years old, so I think it's safe to assume that somebody that's 40 or 41 years old would probably be in the same performance categories. That's Master Chief Petty Officer Gerald Alchin. He says Alan's late-blooming interest isn't as unusual as it may seem. A lot of times it's for that pride of belonging, the patriotism, or the need to serve something bigger than themselves. The Navy expects the age change to attract just 50 to 100 recruits a year, but it's one of several changes designed to attract enlistees who Alchin says are likely to make solid sailors, but were blocked by standards that, in some cases, didn't reflect current society. The Navy has also eased its rules about enlisting single parents, people with prominent tattoos, and those who initially test positive for marijuana, even though it's now legal in many states. A lot of the things um, are uh, just opening up the aperture to grow our market as much as possible, but also provide the opportunities to the public, especially if the data says that they're going to perform at the same rate. Adlon is a case study in the Navy's new rules. Even after the age change, he needed several waivers, including one more than 100 pages long for his 43 tattoos. A coin-sized image of a spider web inside one ear held things up for several days. But finally, that too was approved. Allen's recruiter, Petty Officer Edward Smith, said he's never worked with a recruit who was so motivated or who had to be. It was quite a bit to overcome. And he's been there every step of the way, never backed down, always welcomed the challenge. The Navy needs a lot more Matt Allens, though. Alchin, the national chief recruiter, says it's competing with civilian employers that also are struggling to find enough workers and have had to up their own games with more pay and benefits. Before, the Navy had an edge by offering benefits like housing and medical care. Now, though, it's having to go a little further and a little older. I'm Jay Price in Encinitas, California. This story was produced by the American Homefront Project, a public media collaboration that reports on American military life and veterans. Funding comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and the Bob Woodruff Foundation. The storm that came through this week left a big mess throughout the county, in South Bay, the Tijuana River Valley remains flooded. KPBS reporter Alexander Wynn was there and has this story. 
The wind and rain Monday night battered and soaked the South Bay. According to the National Weather Service, the area received two to three inches of rain from this latest storm, but the mountain areas received between four to five inches. And all of that water travels down to the Tijuana River Valley, flooding the area. Because that happens every single year. <laughs> Eileen Barnes owned Surfside Ranch in San Ysidro. She says every time it rains, the area gets flooded over. This is like supposed to be the most rain that we've gotten in several, a couple days consecutively. Other than some huge puddles and mud, her ranch remains relatively unscathed. Her neighbors down the road weren't as lucky. They had to call for help evacuating nearly 30 horses. Alexander Nguyen, KPPS News. People who are homeless were especially impacted by this week's stormy weather. Here's KPBS reporter Jacob Baer with more. CeCe Brewer told KPBS he's been homeless for years in San Diego. On Tuesday, he was trying to stay dry under a makeshift tent and tarp near Fashion Valley Mall. That's one of the parts of San Diego that got hit hardest by flooding. There's always people that um, last to hear, oh, uh, the floodgates are opening, um, run. <laughs> You know, they don't know. They're sitting in their tents and all of a sudden you're going to just wall of water. And it's happened several times. And luckily, uh, I know not to be down there when it's raining. <laughs> At least seven people had to be rescued due to the flooding of the San Diego River. Brewer said most people like him want and need permanent housing. And without it, he said, more people will be in dangerous situations. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. Coming up... A local author talks about their new novel set in a dystopian future America. We'll have that and more just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Students in the San Diego Unified School District have a new way to connect to resources online. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez tells us how. San Diego Unified is using Instagram to promote its new student engagement website, a clearinghouse of information with everything from internships to scholarships, school clubs to sporting events, social justice projects, and sex education. Matthew Key Torriano is one of the student members of the San Diego Unified School Board who helped in the development of the engagement website. You know, students are and will be the leaders of tomorrow, but they can also be the leaders of today. And I think 
this website is a huge first step into making that a reality. Students can follow on Instagram at SDUSD students to get the full website address. MG Perez, KPBS News. Marissa Crane is a San Diego writer who has had their short stories published extensively. And their first novel is now on bookstore shelves. It's set in a dystopian future America that includes surveillance, public shaming, and the marking of criminals. It's called I Keep My Exoskeletons to Myself. Book Riot named it one of their top indie queer book picks of the season. Crane joined KPBS Midday Edition host Jade Hindman to talk about the novel. Can you introduce us to the world you've created in I Keep My Exoskeletons to Myself? Yeah, for sure. In lieu of prisons, um, the Department of Balance, which is the government in this book, has decided to assign wrongdoers or, you know, quote, criminals with an extra shadow as punishment. And that extra shadow actually serves a few purposes. First of all, it's supposed to basically shame the person who did the wrong thing. It kind of follows them around forever. They can't ever forget about their crime. Um, So it's really hard to heal and grow and and move on and um, whatnot when this sort of actual literal shadow is following you around, reminding you of what you've done. And then otherwise, it also is this mark or warning for other people, you know, in society, if they see somebody who has an extra shadow, um, they're called a shadester in this world. They might think, oh, you know, you know, I'm not too sure about them or I, I don't know what they've done. So maybe I'll try to stay away. And then on top of that, when somebody is given an extra shadow, they are denied certain civil rights in the sense of um, they have less access to nutritious food and, and health care and housing and other types of resources. So a future scarlet letter is what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad you picked up on that. I, you know, I haven't read that book since I was a kid, like in school. Um, But clearly something about it really resonated with me, I think, in the long term, just in the sense of, you know, how shamed Hester Prynne felt and being marked with this, this A. Um, I think it was just so vivid for me. And I really like understood I guess, like what that isolation must have felt like for her. And yeah, so people always ask if, you know, my dystopian uh, influences, but like, actually, I feel like Scarlet Letter is one of the major influences, oddly enough. Our narrator, Chris, is publicly marked with two shadows. What do the shadows mean? And what inspired this? You know, so the inspiration is sort of this twofold thing that happened over the course of several years for me, about eight or nine years ago, I wrote this like very short poem that I shared on social media. And it's basically like what this premise of the book was, but um, the little poem more or less said, if the shadows of everyone you've ever hurt have followed you around day in and day out, would you still be so reckless with other people's hearts? And I had written it like sort of to shame myself um I was carrying around a lot of like guilt and shame and you know about hurting people in my life and I very falsely believed that shaming myself would actually make me behave better when I think we all know that 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 isn't really useful 
so I wrote that a number of years ago. And then later on, I came up with the first line of the book. It just popped in my head. And it's the kid is born with two shadows. And I was like, huh, okay, that's like kind of a cool idea. I don't know what that means. And, you know, I don't know whether this is a story, a book, or even what that's really supposed to belong to. And um, the line actually followed me around forever. Like I couldn't shake it. And I slowly, I connected it to that very old poem idea. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe it's this world. Um, but instead of where the poem, I thought that it would actually be a helpful world. I, I quickly realized that it would be an oppressive um, and harmful world. So I kind of flipped the tables on that. And that's where I combined that first line in that poem. Can I ask you to read a short section from the very beginning? The kid is born with two shadows. You better believe I head straight down to the Department of Balance office to appeal their decision. It isn't right giving an extra shadow to a baby. It's not like she killed you on purpose, Bo. She's a newborn baby. She's basically a more sophisticated potato. And that's exactly what I tell the receptionist resting his boots on top of his desk. He is long and slender with a droopy face. Where's the father, he says. I'm her other mother, I say, trying to steady my pulse. I always hate this moment of vulnerability, of simultaneously waiting for and anticipating a reaction. Oh, I see. He clears his throat, then lowers his boots and leans his elbows on the desk. Sorry, those deaths are automatic shadow assignments, ma'am. That was Marissa Crane, author of the new novel, I Keep My Exoskeletons to Myself, speaking with KPBS's Jade Hyndman. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Wednesday. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu.